Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jesus Stories podcast. We're at episode nine. This podcast tells the stories of Jesus in an informal, informative, and interesting way. I'm George Taylor, your storyteller. If you're new to the podcast, I would invite you to go all the way back to the beginning and listen to our previous episodes. We're telling the story of Jesus in chronological order, or as best as can be determined to be chronological order. So what happens today, or what happens before today, is important for understanding the events which we will describe today in today's Jesus story. These Jesus stories come to you because of your support and your encouragement. A few of you have reached out with encouraging words and even prayer requests. Thank you for your words. Thank you for allowing us to pray for you and your situation. You can do the same by visiting the website jesusstories.info and click on the Talk to Us tab in the menu. If you'd like to support this podcast, I encourage you to start by telling someone, anyone, about these episodes. Our social media links are on the website, jesusstories.info. You can share those links with your friends and contacts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you'd like to support us financially, click on the Support This Podcast tab and find the level of support that fits your budget. You can even become a monthly patron through Patreon and hear Jesus Stories extras. Again, click on the Support This Podcast tab in the website, then click on Become a Patreon. The website again, JesusStories.info. That's JesusStories.info. In our last episode, Jesus has cast out a demon from a man who was in a synagogue. 
This amazed everyone there. And not only did Jesus teach with authority, he has the authority to cause demons to obey him. News about him spreads throughout the region. So he and James and John and Simon, they're traveling around the countryside. They go to Simon's home. We learn that Simon's mother-in-law is in bed with a fever. Jesus is told about this. He goes to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever leaves her, and she begins to wait on them. That night, people bring others who are ill for Jesus to heal. He does that. They also bring those who are demon-possessed, and he drives out those demons and doesn't let them speak. They know who he is, and many watch these healings from the doorways of Simon's house. By the way, this Simon is the one that Jesus would call Peter later on. Very early in the morning, after this day and night of preaching and healing, Jesus gets up to go out to pray in a secluded spot. Eventually, he is found by Simon and his friends. They tell Jesus that everyone is looking for him. Jesus tells them, we must go on to the other towns as well. I will preach to them too. That's why I came. So Jesus travels throughout Galilee. He teaches in the synagogues, announcing that the kingdom is here. Remember his message from the last time. It's the same as John's. Repent, for the kingdom of God is here. He heals, he drives out demons, and news about him spreads across the countryside and into neighboring Syria. And even more people come to see him. And whatever their sickness or disease or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. And with this activity, people come from all over the region to see Jesus. People from Galilee, that's the province in which he's working, the Ten Towns, which is also called the Decapolis, from all over Judea and from the east of the Jordan River. Now, I want you to think about that statement for a while. I've posted a map with the show notes for this episode, and you'll see that the distances people were traveling are considerable. Some might come from just a few miles away, while others travel as many as 70 to 80 miles. Some may be carrying sick friends or relatives. Some may be walking that distance. Others might travel by mule or donkey. I doubt if many were rich. Most are probably poor. But Jesus' ministry of teaching, healing, and casting out demons created a buzz in the days where word came by word of mouth. Word got to a man with leprosy, an incurable disease. This skin disease would have kept this man out of the mainstream of society— In fact, Jewish law declared that such a person must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. That's a quote from Leviticus chapter 13. This is serious enough in Jewish law that most of an entire chapter in Leviticus covers what a skin disease would be. A priest would examine the affected area and make a determination about this person's condition. So this man is one who has been determined by the priest to have a serious skin disease. We don't know how long he's been living in isolation, 
But seeing Jesus coming, he comes to him in violation of Scripture. He kneels in front of Jesus and begs to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. The man obviously believes that Jesus can heal. The question in his mind is, will he? Jesus is touched by the man's plea. So Jesus violates scripture as well. He reaches out and touches the man. This may have been the first time this man has been touched in years. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Then the Bible tells us that the skin disease was cleared and the man healed. Jesus sends him away with the warning not to tell anyone. Instead, he is to obey the scriptures by showing himself to the priest for an examination and carrying the offering that the law required. This is spelled out in the book of Leviticus. That would be the testimony or the telling of his healing. The priest would declare that he was healed, thus helping to declare to the world that Jesus, the healer, was from God. Instead, this man went out and told everybody what had happened. As a result, the crowds multiplied. Jesus couldn't publicly enter a town without being mobbed, so he stayed out in the secluded places. That, however, didn't keep people from coming to him. Eventually, Jesus' travels take him back to his home base, Capernaum. News spreads that he has come home to the point that the house in which he is staying is so packed that there is no more room for people, even outside the door. Four men approach the house, carrying a paralyzed friend of theirs on a mat, but the crowd is so thick that they cannot get through it to get to Jesus. They do the only thing they can do. They go over his head. Actually, they go through the roof. Houses at Capernaum usually had an outside stairway to the roof of the home. The roof would be tiled and covered with thatch, so these friends carried their friend up their stairs and then dug a hole large enough to let the mat down through the roof. What faithfulness and determination! Can you imagine the reaction of the crowd to roof bits falling on their heads as they try to listen to Jesus? What was Jesus' reaction? First, we are told that Jesus saw the faith of these men. Their faith, the paralytic as well as his friends, was such that they were willing to go to extreme measures to get to Jesus so that he could help the paralytic. In other words, they had seen the healings and heard the teaching and believed that Jesus was the one who could and would help. Secondly, Jesus speaks to the paralytic. My child, he says, your sins are forgiven. Wait a minute. How is this healing? How is this helping? Jesus, being God, could see two things. This man's need for spiritual as well as physical healing. But this statement creates some consternation among the teachers of the law. They were there, watching and thinking to themselves, this is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And they're right. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knows what they're thinking and responds directly to them. Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up and pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. 
Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Jesus is using a prominent belief of the teachers of the law to teach them a new lesson. They held the belief that disease was a result of sin. He would later explain to his disciples that this wasn't true, but for now he capitalizes on this belief to show them that since he can forgive this man's sins, he will be able to walk, and in walking he will prove that he, Jesus, has the authority to forgive sins. In other words, Jesus is saying, I am from God. And this proof begins to set up the confrontation, which will ultimately lead Jesus to be killed. The man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. Everyone is amazed, saying they've never seen anything like this before. We're still in Capernaum with Jesus. He's now going out to the lake, the Sea of Galilee, to teach the crowds that were coming to him. He passes a tax collector's booth belonging to Levi, son of Alphaeus. A tax collector was a much-hated person in these days. He would purchase the rights for his business, and it was a business, from the government in Rome. Being in Galilee, Levi worked for Herod, another hated figure in the Jewish world of this time. Levi could charge whatever he wanted to recoup the fees he had to pay to Rome and then add amounts to support his family. He was considered a traitor and was not allowed to be a witness or a judge in court, was considered untrustworthy, and was excommunicated from the synagogue. But Jesus didn't see him that way. Jesus said to Levi, follow me and be my disciple. Levi does just that. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him, the scriptures tell us. Levi is known today as Matthew, the author of the first of the Gospels in the New Testament. Levi decides to hold a party for his friends and introduce them to his new friend, Jesus. Being a tax collector, he parties with other tax collectors and people willing to associate with them. I'm sure the other people at the party mentioned in the scriptures were not well thought of either. It's so bad that the Pharisees and teachers of the law turn to Jesus' followers and ask, why do you eat and drink with such scum? Other translations say it a little differently. They say tax collectors and sinners. Now, it's Jesus who answers the question, though. Healthy people don't need a doctor, he says. Sick people do. Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. What's Jesus saying to them? Jesus is drawing a comparison between the doctor's approach to those who are healthy versus those who may be sick. A sick person needs a visit from the doctor. The healthy do not. So Jesus, who we now call the great physician, is making a house call upon those whom the Pharisees would call spiritually sick. He then quotes from the Old Testament prophet Hosea. In the days of Hosea, Jehovah called for the people of Israel to repent. They have been ignoring him, worshiping idols, delving into sin. 
The king and his leadership, who were supposed to lead the people in the ways of God, instead neglected the nation and devoted themselves to debauchery and striving for power. Jehovah is disgusted with his people. When they worshipped, it was not from their hearts. It was merely a ritual performed for show. So Jehovah exhorts his people, I want you to show love, mercy in the translation Jesus quotes, not offer sacrifices. In other words, the qualities of love and mercy are more important to Jesus and to Jehovah than the worship rituals they might perform. So it is here. Jesus is showing mercy to the tax collectors and sinners in his house call. That is more important than the Pharisee and teachers of the law practice of shunning these individuals. By the way, Jesus didn't really consider the Pharisees and teachers of the law to be spiritually well. Later, we will see that he castigates them harshly for some of their spiritual practices. For now, though, he has a point to make to them concerning the mercy of God. So he pulls from the Old Testament's prophet writing to reiterate the point that Jehovah made some 600 years earlier. The Pharisees are not done, though. John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, they say, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? A Pharisee kept a rigid schedule for fasting, abstaining from food. They fasted at least twice a week, plus on various religious holidays. They see that Jesus' disciples are not doing the same thing. Jesus compared his time with his disciples to a wedding feast. Jesus is the groom. He says, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Jesus has no problem with fasting, as we will see later. But he says, this isn't the time for his disciples to fast. That will come later, when Jesus is taken away. Then he gives the Pharisees two parables. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. No one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. What's he trying to tell them? He is explaining that his message is a new one. It won't fit with the old ways of behavior to which the Pharisees adhere. This new message will burst the old wineskin or tear the garment. It will take a, a new heart, a new wineskin to take in this new message. But some will still prefer the old message. It's comfortable and familiar. Jesus' message does indeed require a new and receptive heart. While his message will gradually get more pointed and accusatory to these Pharisees and religious leaders, for now it falls upon the ears of these receptive tax collectors and sinners. This podcast is made possible by you, our listeners. It is your prayers, your financial support, and your encouragement which keep us going, and we appreciate it. Have you helped us out? It's really easy. You just visit our website, jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast menu item. 
and you'll find out how to do that. Did you know we reach listeners from all over the globe? You can help increase that number by just telling your friends and neighbors and family and maybe even some complete strangers about us. There's a great method for doing that outlined on our website. Go to JesusStories.info, click on the Share This Podcast tab, and you'll find the links for sharing us via social media as well. No, we did not forget that. We're out of time now. Jesus' ministry in Galilee will continue in our next episode. Some will get upset with him because Jesus healed on a Saturday. A Saturday? Yep. We'll see you in two weeks for the next Jesus story. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.